0: All episodes of the Real Women in Business podcast reflect the opinions and views of the guest and Cass McCrory and do not reflect official policy or position of employers or clients. Thank you. You're listening to the Real Women in Business podcast. I'm your host, Cass McCrory, and in this podcast, we highlight women in all kinds of businesses. For yourself, someone else, full time, part time, overtime hustle, Together, we will learn from and with one another, and if we get it right, it'll lift us all. Let's get into it. Hi there. Cass is here on the podcast. It's episode 101. I can't believe it. I am so grateful to the 100 women that were a part, actually 99 women. Because Jen Collins was on twice to, to wrap us up for episode one to one hundred. Um, I'm so excited that we got to spend so much time together in 2020 and listening and being part of the stories of real women doing the work in their lives, both leading, you know, how they wanna live and leading how they wanna work. And I am grateful to have shared that time with each of the guests this past year, and I look forward to what 2021 has in store for us. I was thinking about how I wanted to kick off this year, and I thought I would lean into one of the things that helped me feel really good throughout twenty twenty and it was key in evaluating the past year, and it's something that I wanna carry forward into 2021, and I thought I'd share it with you. It is how I handle the Unplanner, and I've got a free download for you. If you head over to casmccrory.com, and right on the homepage there, you will see Download the Unplanner. It is the guide that will help you and develop your own Unplanner, and I'm going to talk you through it today, and I hope that it is of service to you as you look into 2021 and how we're going to show up. A friend of mine and a cousin of mine, Lene, had put on social media, like, are we buying 2021 planners? And I wrote back, firm no, not buying a 2021 planner. In fact, I haven't bought a planner in, I think it's six years, because What I found is that planners weren't working for me. I found a lot of excitement around them. I was a bit of a planner junkie, like I loved them. It represented fresh start and all of these other things. But when it came to helping me feel grounded, intentional, giving and leading my life with my values and intention, they were falling really short there. And so I developed this process of unplanning which doesn't require a new year, a new week, even a new day. All you need is a piece of paper. And I personally, I put this on social media before the break. I use five star notebooks. I think it is like a holdover from uh, using five star notebooks when I was in high school and in college to keep my notes, but. Use whatever notebook feels good for you. I mean, there have been seasons where I've done moleskins for a couple of years. And then there's these really lovely spiral bound notebooks from Appointed, which is a local Washington, D.C. company. And at the end of the day, it's really about what becomes accessible to you. And for me, the five star notebook works really well because the cover is resilient in the face of my four children that will frequently help me spill coffee over my notebook. Um, And I like how big the pages are. I like that I can just pick one up at Wegmans or Target when we're running errands and it doesn't have to feel like some special out of the way thing to do. It doesn't feel precious to me. And I think this is key for my process is that I need lots of space. I need to feel like I can just put it out there, whether it's journaling or making notes, creating to-do lists, and having it not feel precious allows me to really take up the space that I need on the page. So that's why I go with a five-star. You're welcome to use any notebook you have. You probably have a handful laying around the house already. So grab one and start. I also have a supplemental 12-page Yearly calendar where I keep track of birthdays and other things that I want to track over the course of the month. You can just print this out. There are free ones online. You can go to Pinterest and search 2021 calendars and you'll find tons of printables. If you want something a little bit fancier, you can go to Etsy and download and print your own calendar. Or I have found my 12 month calendar at Target super simple. It's very lightweight. It's very small, um, but it just helps me keep track of the overarching things. So I'm going to lay out and talk you through how I lay all of these things out in my notebook. Um, And the thing that I love about it and I love about this process is that it allows me to be unplanned. It allows me to have containers and understanding of what's happening and then allow a lot of flow and goodness to come into my life. So I hope that it unlocks the same thing for you. We're gonna kick off with the month. So in the month, what I'll do is I'll look ahead at the month and I'll say, okay, are there birthdays that I need to note? Those are all on the calendar. If there are birthdays and I need to buy a birthday card or if I have something else that I need to purchase, I will put it on my to buy column, which happens in the next section. Um, so I'll just make note, like how am I not going to be surprised by anything in this month? That's number one. The next thing that I do is I note the full moon, which is my favorite time to look at the sky, and the kids love the full moon, and then to identify when the new moon is, because the new moon is a great time to set and evaluate your intentions. I highly recommend checking out Jennifer Rassiope. Her episode of the podcast was amazing, and she is an astrologer, coach. She is just a gift to women, honestly, and helping us find our alignment with the moon. And I have long been an admirer of her work. I've coached with her. And if looking for some seasonality, if creating some cycle that feels really good to you is part of what would feel nourishing in 2021, I highly recommend checking out Jen. She has a new book coming out. We'll include that in the show notes page. The next thing that I do on the monthly level is I set my workout objectives. Now, this could apply to any of the things that you hope to do in 2021. I set my workout objectives here because I know that if I'm not challenging myself in this area, I will feel bored. So for example, in the month of January, I have it set up so that I would like to get 16 rides on my Peloton and I want to do six yoga classes. And what me setting that objective does and me putting it on the calendar is it. It just helps me keep my focus. And it says, okay, if I want to get 16 rides in, that means that I need to ride more than once a week, (laughs) which is kind of silly, but obviously we need to be doing the things that care for ourselves more frequently. And so setting that objective and getting to feel the sense of accomplishment when I meet it or nearly meet it or when I exceed it, that's key in my point of reflection. So having a goal. On the calendar, on a daily basis, I will write down what I did for a workout, if I did a workout. If I had dodgy sleep at all, I'll make a note. I'll put like poor sleep night. Um, And then there was a time in November and December where I was having gallbladder pain, which we didn't talk about on the show at all, but I was in a tremendous amount of pain. And I realized that I didn't have great awareness of when the pain started or how it happened, and so now I'm just tracking that too. So whatever would be helpful in helping to identify what's going on in our bodies, how we can be present with ourselves, I track that stuff. I also will put a heart on my calendar on days when I know I've met my husband's love language of quality time. Here's the thing. I have a lot of responsibilities between work, and being a mom and being a wife. Being a wife is really important to me. And I know that Georgia's love language is quality time. And that means playing Monopoly deal or having a long conversation or going for a walk together, going and having a date night. When we could get out and have date nights, it was pretty easy to see that we were meeting our collective need for quality time together. But amidst quarantine, that became a lot harder. So being aware and saying, "Ah, I want to have hearts on my calendar for times that I've had quality time with George, it also helps me to understand when my own needs aren't met or why we might be having a more challenging time communicating as a couple because I'm not meeting his love language needs. And I have a responsibility to show up in our marriage and to love him and care for him. And so I track that because it helps me to know I'm doing I'm doing my own best work. And I'm showing up for the person that I love so much. The other thing that I'm tracking right now is an AF, an alcohol-free day. I want to have more alcohol-free days in 2021. Um, I, I can't say that I had a problem because that seems disingenuous. Um... But I can say that my body operates and feels better when I've had less alcohol, and I know that if I don't track it, it will just become a slippery slope of, well, I just had one beer, or I had a glass of wine when I came home, or I just needed downtime, and so that's what I did. I had a cocktail with George while we were playing Monopoly Deal, and then all of a sudden, you know, I've had... 60 days in a row where I've had drinks and I haven't had any alcohol-free days. So I'm tracking that this year because I'd like to have more of those days. My body feels better. I feel better when I have them. And I feel a sense of purpose and accomplishment by tracking it. I guess that's the bottom line with the things that you're tracking on your monthly calendar is what's going to help you feel like you have some awareness over what's going on in your body, in your life. Where do you want to advance personally and how can you track that so that you're going to feel accomplished, and purposeful. You know, checking things off a to-do list, reaching and accomplishing our objectives, it's all part of how we feel a sense of personal agency, ownership, and fulfillment. And so creating a calendar where we can do that is important. So that's the monthly calendar. If you're looking at the guide, we're now moving on to page three, where I lay out the week. Now, I use a two-page spread to set up my week. The left-hand side becomes the place where I put all of my meetings and agenda items. The right-hand side becomes where I put my list. I will tell you, this takes me about 30 minutes. It is not uninterrupted time because I do have four children. I usually do it on the weekend. It is very important that I have this 30 minutes to set up my week so that I know what I'm going into. Um, The first thing that I'll do is at the top of the left-hand side page, I write down my values. And the reason why I write down my values at the top of the page, the very first thing that I write down, is that I need to remember what my values are. It is very easy for us to adapt to what we think the outside world, the media, social, Instagram, friends, family, what we see them valuing But if we're not meeting our own intrinsic values, what we care about, if we're not doing value-aligned activities, it all feels for naught. So the first thing that I do is I write down my values so that they are front and center and I'm looking at them every single day. The next thing that I do is I will write down all of the calendar meetings that I have and I will also block out time on my calendar to do work if necessary. So simply writing down the appointments helps me a ton to mentally prepare to create tasks for work that I need to do in advance of those meetings. It also helps me spot when I'm over committing and it will help me block out my calendar for later in the week so that I have bandwidth to do the work that's most important in the world. It is insane how quickly my calendar can go from you know, oh, I had no meetings this day and it's going to be a day of thinking and creating and developing new ideas to a day with six back-to-back meetings. Like that happens really quickly. And if we don't take ownership of our time, then we're just being run. And this is the difference between being run and running, leading. So I write it down It doesn't always stay accurate. You know, meetings shift around throughout the week. New meetings get added. I'll pencil them in as they come along. I'll cross them out as I accomplish them. I'll make note of any to-dos that I have to do, like I said, to prepare or after the event. Um, I'll put that on my to-do list. Writing it down helps me just get in the space. It also helps me communicate with the other people in my life about what I need. So if I have a couple of evening meetings, then I know that I need to communicate with George. Uh, I have these evening meetings. How are we going to handle that? Like, do you need anything so that this feels better for you? The next thing that I do is I'll put a loose idea of the meal that I want to make aligned with the day. So, you know, for example, on Monday we had steak, on Tuesday we had chicken enchilada bake. On Wednesday, we're going to have salmon. On Thursday, I had pulled out uh, pork tenderloin. On Friday, I'm thinking that we might do pizza, but we might do something else. We'll figure that out. But I loosely pencil in what is the protein going to be? What what does my time look like in preparing that meal or George preparing that meal? So then I can plan appropriately. I'll also work on my Wegmans notebook, like my Wegmans list, our grocery store list, separately. I don't put that in my notebook. One time I lost my notebook at Wegmans and that was really devastating for me. Um, I did get it back, but it was really, it was too much. There was too much in this notebook that I relied upon. So now I just throw our grocery list on a scrap of paper. Um, Usually I'll use one of the pieces of art that the kids made me and then they feel really special that I use their art um, on the backside for a Wegmans list. So I plan out kind of loosely, what are we going to have for dinner? I don't know why I, you know, I have stress about, are we going to have dinner? What are we going to have for dinner? It feels like it's my responsibility, even though it isn't. It's everybody's responsibility in our household. But for whatever reason, it gives me great comfort to know these are the meals that are in the lineup. And sometimes it shifts, but most of the time we end up making those meals. On the right-hand side of the page, I split that page in half um, on the left-hand side, it's all work to-dos, and I'll make notes. I'll make follow-ups that I want to reach out to. There are to-dos that I have for clients. There's personal to-dos that I have to do for work. On the right-hand column, I'll put any personal to-dos, so things like paying the long contract, um, well, doing Lexi's Pomodoros for her school time. Personal to-dos go there. And then in the bottom, I'll put a to-buy list. So right now I need to pick up something for my sister-in-law for her birthday. I've got Worcestershire sauce, which I can never say or spell, but I keep on forgetting it at the grocery store. So I'm putting it on the to-buy list because I realized it the other day that we needed it. And then light bulbs for our upstairs vanity. I just, I keep on not buying them. So I just need to put it on the buy list and then I will get to, I will get to that when it happens. I also will put, and break down my workout goals in the top of that page because I can look at it and say, okay, this week I know where I'm at in my personal phase, like where I am in my cycle. I know that I'm going to have a little bit more energy because of where I am in my cycle. So I'm going to make a pretty aggressive objective to do four bike rides and three yoga classes. Now, the yoga classes are 30-minute uh, restorative yoga that Lexi and I like to do in the evenings, so it's not like I'm pushing myself too hard. I'm not actually working out seven days in a week here. Uh, I'll ride my bike and do yoga on the same day, and I'm not, I'm not overextending myself here, but I also am noting that there's going to be a week in the month where I'm not going to have the energy or the desire to work hard on the bike, and so I will have a week where there's only two rides on the bike as opposed to four. Okay, next up is the day. So each day I take, and it doesn't take long, 10 minutes maybe to do a page for the day. I start each day with five things I'm grateful for. And I try to integrate the details into my gratitude. So it's not like I'm grateful for my family. No, it's really specific. This morning I wrote, I'm grateful that Lior was able to settle at 5.20 a.m., And I got to have a few minutes of snuggle time with her and she went back to sleep. So she's not cranky today. More details. And whenever I can work in senses, that's amazing. For example, you know, this hot and fragrant coffee with the perfect amount of creamer, like there's senses in there. It's, it's more appreciation than just coffee. Speaking of Many, many days coffee is on my gratitude list. And it's not just because I really enjoy coffee, which I do. It is because I'm working on my list while I'm drinking coffee. And so I recognize that the things that we're doing while we're doing this gratitude practice, it really easily comes into the gratitude practice because what has our awareness gets our gratitude. So the gratitude practice is key. I use the gratitude practice. If you check out um, my LinkedIn post from the end of December, and I'll link that in the show notes as well, you'll see that I wrote down what I learned from my 2020 review. And one of the biggest things was there was a lot of times I was grateful for things, but I wasn't mindfully creating experiences for that type of thing in my day. And I very easily could. And with that awareness, I will. Next thing I do, I state my one simple intention to help direct my day. If you have been around these parts for long, you know that I am very big on intentions. Intentions plus our attention contributes to how we act. It shows up in what and how we do our lives. So I will write down my intention for the day. Sometimes it is one of my standbys, like best next step, breathe first, joyful simplicity, be here now. Those are some of my favorites. And it just becomes a mantra. It's something that I can lean back to and say, okay, am I here to strive and to fight? No, I'm here to enjoy this moment. Okay, if my intention is to enjoy this moment, how do I get closer to that? And in asking that question, we're creating opportunity to be delighted. The next thing that I write down is what will get in the way of my intention being realized. This is the equivalent of like naming your kryptonite. This is like turning on the basement light and recognizing that it's not so scary down there. When you pinpoint what could get in the way, you're basically taking its power away. And almost always what will get in the way from me living my intention is trying to overcomplicate, overdo, or do too much at once. Almost always that's what could get in the way. And just by naming it, I'm taking away some of its power. At the end of the day, I come back. And I will be honest, I am not as, I'm not as on point with coming back at the end of the day. But the days that I have, I notice that I am happier and just in a better headspace at the end of the evening. My objective this year is to develop this practice so it is something that I'm doing more like 70% of the time. Whereas in 2020, I would say I was about 40% of the time. I write down the value-aligning activities for the day. So I'll write down my three values. Mine are adventure, learning, and nurturing. And then I will write down how that value flowed into my life in that day. Now, some of the time, it's intentional. Like, I have purposefully created an opportunity for adventure. And I've taken steps. And sometimes it is that, you know, I move my desk around so that it feels fresh in my office. Like that wasn't something that I had planned to do, but it did feel adventurous. It felt like fresh and new. So that felt like adventure to me. Or learning, you know, I listened to Dory's book on the way to the office. So Dory Clark was on the podcast and Entrepreneurial You is her book. And I listened to it on my drive into the office and that was a fulfillment of learning as my value. Now, when I put on the that book on Audible, did I say, oh, this is check. My value for learning is being checked. No, it was just what flowed into my life. It's what I wanted in that moment. I listened to what I needed and I and I sought it. But when I am reflecting in hindsight, I can say, oh, I can see how all of these activities, so much of the day was really aligned to my values and how I want to show up. So that's my process. So monthly, daily and weekly kind of overviews, how, we, how I plan things out in an unplanner. The thing I love about the unplan is that it doesn't require a start date. So if you're listening to this and it's Friday or Saturday or Sunday or March 18th or July 7th, it doesn't matter. Like You can start this right now. You could say, okay, what does the rest of my week look like? I'm going to do my weekly page. I'm going to start my daily practice of just writing down my gratitudes and intention, that it's going to take you to a place of greater awareness and presence in our lives. And when we can generate presence and fulfillment in our lives, we're going to be happier. And after a hundred episodes of the podcast, I can say that when we see women living in alignment with their happiness, when we see them taking the steps to live and lead in their lives, that they're happy and they inspire other people and they become great models for their children and their nieces and their nephews they become women that we want to to know and i want you to be known not because we all want some platform or a podcast or instagram famous i don't right like that that's not on my bucket list here but What I think we all may have in common is that we wanna be of service. We want our lives to impact other people with generosity and love. And I have found that this practice leads me closer and closer to that place of fulfillment. And I just wanted to share it with you. I hope that you enjoy it. If you've listened to this episode, but you haven't downloaded the guide, you can do so go to castmccrory.com and you'll see it right there on the homepage. And I hope you enjoy this. I want to know two things, actually. I'd love your review of the podcast. So if you can head over to Apple Podcasts, if you're listening to it there, or Spotify, just give us a review. Good, bad, ugly? Like I want to know how this hit you, because when I know what you like and how you felt and how you experienced the podcast, I can deliver more and more content like that. And I want to know personally, because you know, this This isn't some, you know, many hundred thousand people followers, right? No, we are a smaller group of women coming together and leading and living our lives. And that sense of community is something that I feel really excited about gathering and cultivating more in 2021. I wish you great success, a lot of happiness, value aligned activity, and mostly fun. I hope 2021 is So very good to you and your family. And I cannot wait to share four women on the Real Women in Business podcast with you this year. Thanks for listening.